1380 KCIM Sports presents KCIM Sports Rewind. A look back at the week in high school sports. Brought to you by St. Anthony Rehab Services. Here's sports director Jeff Blankman, John Ryan, and Jeff Honnold. Well, hey, we got one of the three going here, so I consider that good odds. Meatloaf said two out of three. Who needs that? <laughs> one out of three is fine. What we got in mind for you this morning, Jeff Blankman, a little under the weather, so we're going to be filling in. It's John Ryan, uh, assistant sports director Tyler Bruner, and news director Nathan Cones making his – no, you've been on Rewind before. Once you? before. It was six years ago. Uh, <laughs> I actually remember this. <laughs> it was such a memorable event. It was six years ago. Yeah, I mean, i got to be on sports. Porch Rewind. It was huge. So yeah, it was for the the stadium for heading into the vote prior. Oh, to that's that. right. Okay, that, that was covering like the subcommittee before it went to the board and then went to the ballot. Uh, blah blah blah. Whatever. But so today we're going to talk about something way more important. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> and that is the Iowa and Iowa State matchup coming up this weekend over in Iowa City. And first of all, we have to talk about. Well, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. All right. What would you say was each category, Well, you said the good, the good comes first. We got to talk about uh, Iowa yeah. State then. Yeah. The uh-huh. ugly comes at the end. It does. That's you guys. Yeah. Iowa State, look at that. Four TDs from our new quarterback. Uh, Jirel Brock had over 100 yards, 97 of them, I think it was, in the second half. Uh, I will th- I will give you a bone here and sure. say uh, difference of opponent in terms of quality. Uh, but those are some pretty staggering numbers from two first-time starters on the Cyclone side, anyway. Oh, it is. It yeah. is. Cyclones look good. I mean, on offense, they look good. But again, granted, you're, you're talking Southeast yeah. Missouri State, which, okay, they moved the football a little bit on Iowa State. The opening drive scored 10 points right before halftime. But uh, really, yeah, Iowa State had their way with them through, yeah. throughout much of the game. I would throw out as well Xavier Hutchinson, three mm-hmm. touchdowns as well. What did he end up with, like nine receptions or some yeah. cra- crazy number? Oh, yeah. So offensively, uh, pretty happy with that performance. They could not guard him in that game, Xavier Hutchinson. The the play of the game, though, did you see it? It was Jirel Brock running down the sidelines like Top Gun, slammed on the brakes, let the defender fly by him, and then he continued on. I'm not sure if you saw the highlight. I did not. Tyler. It was on the far side of the field from the camera, if I yeah. remember. Wow. Yeah. It was the craziest thing. I mean, he literally just stopped on a dime. The kid flies right in front of him who had the angle on him, and he just kept on going. Yeah, he, he hit the air brakes pretty hard there. I, that, so. I thought that that top ground reference immediately when I saw that run. <laughs> then I saw it on t- on uh, Instagram. Excuse me, uh, uh, Twitter later on. I think prior to that, in that same run, he broke like three tackles to get to the sideline, yeah. didn't he? So I mean, it was the speed was there, the the finesse, the the quick moves there, and then breaking three tackles. You got to be happy with that too. So. All right, so that's the good. There's <laughs> <laughs> not even a, a, a bad. There's just an ugly. There, that yeah, yeah that they, they kind of meld into each other. And uh, and and sorry for this, Tyler, but we're going to go over to the Iowa on this one. <laughs> yeah, the defense was fantastic. They oh were yeah, good. Uh, the defense. I think the last couple of years have been kind of the shining star of that Iowa team. Um, but yeah, that offense um, not good. Granted, like you said. Kind of a difference of opponent, Southeast, um, or yeah, South Southeast Dakota. Missouri. Yep. Or South Dakota State was South the Dakota opponent State. for Iowa, yeah. Yeah, South Dakota State has been now coming up and kind of competing with North Dakota and the FCS, but. Spencer Peters couldn't throw a ball to save his life. Um, that offense mm-hmm. was struggling. No no touchdowns whatsoever. We won by two safeties. 
it's not going to look good for the Hawkeyes coming into no. this week against Iowa State. Now, I didn't watch the game, but mm-hmm. I mean, why? It seems to me when what I did watch, they were trying to throw the ball 10, 20 yards down right. the field. What are you doing? I mean, throw some kind of screen pass, give them some high percentage completions, right. build up a little confidence. I didn't see any of that, and I only no. watched parts of the second half. No, in, in the beginning, most definitely, they were trying to go 10 and outs and try to get those first downs just on the first play of the drive. And they tried to run some, some running plays, but they really really was not working for them. Because yeah. SDSU's got a pretty good defense. They do. How much of the factor is keeping the playbook kind of, you know, hidden uh, in your open in your season so, opener? So bland right. and vanilla. Yeah. I mean, that that's Hawk football to a T anyway, and I, I'm throwing shade in case anyone has any doubt. <laughs> but that, that's always been what, when they do have those fiery plays, they catch you oh. by surprise. They, you don't see them coming. But that's I'm, the biggest complaint from a lot of Hawk fans I hear is like that, that, that offense just has no imagination to no, it. No, not really. I mean, Spencer Peters goes from a year where he takes us to a, a Big Ten title game, and now you know, I think fans are kind of like, okay, we need we need a change here. And, and I think, you know, the coaching staff needs to listen a little bit because if they're wanting to compete in the Big Ten this year, it's going to be a little bit rough with that offense. You know, I listened after the game. We, we were out boating. So we were on, in the middle of Blackhawk Lake, and we decided, let's turn on WHL because they got the, the, the three-hour vent right. line going on there. <laughs> and uh, one guy was comparing the offensive uh, performance to, the uh, for some weird, a weird metaphor, the COVID vaccine. But so he's comparing, and as he's talking, you can tell he's getting more and more worked up. His voice got higher and higher and higher, <laughs> and it was crazy. It was like only dogs could hear him by the end of that phone call. The reaction show for no matter who your team is, yeah. is one of is gold every single week. And the later really the game is. is, the better it goes. If you're listening to the reaction show at like one o'clock in the morning, you are in for a good time. So this is middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So he was. Uh, not as deep in his cups, probably as I may have suspected. <laughs> it was it was funny though. That, there was a couple of great moments in the game. Uh, one was a T-shirt that a guy held up, and Taylor, you, or Tyler, you saw this too. Yep. Uh, was the guy says, "I'm I'm cheering for the punter <laughs> at the Iowa game." Well, he did get MVP, so well, I, not say, officially. But you know what? If there's going to be one player you're going to cheer for, that's always going to make an impact. It's going to be the punter. Yeah, every single game, well, no matter yeah, what yeah. you look at. Especially if you play for Iowa. There you go. Uh, yep. You know he's, what? Yeah, I mean, they say it's a third of the game. He literally played a third of their game. Exactly right. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and just start snacking on some crow and looking at because as an Iowa State fan, uh, I, we've just lost to Iowa perpetually six straight six years. Straight I think so. By the way, there, there was a great tweet I saw that uh, somebody said, "Man, this is this is Kirk Ferentz, uh, you know, ultimate Kirk Ferentz. He's going to make Iowa State look at that game film all week long." <laughs> He goes, just savage rivalry week move there, Kirk. He's a sadist. That's (laughs) awful. Uh, I could barely watch it live one time. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Kinnick is a hostile environment. It is. Uh, And I mean that in a positive way, believe it or not. Uh, It's tough to go in Iowa City and play. Mm -hmm. Uh, That stadium is intense. Mm -hmm. Fan base is rabid. Uh, So is Iowa State's fan base as well. But, uh, obviously, it's going to be. Plenty of gold, but I think a lot more black than Cardinal over there on Saturday, obviously. Right. So uh, a relatively young team for Iowa State, mm-hmm. um, Jairil Brock uh, and, and Deckers, both first yeah. times on, on the roster. Some some higher upperclassmen coming back on the defensive side, but really the offense is going to be, Iowa State's offense is going to be the, I think, the game changer. Can Iowa State produce like they did on Saturday against Iowa? I mean, probably not the numbers that we saw, but if they get in the end zone you know, two, two times, I mean, they 
I think that's enough for Iowa State. I know. Deckers has the reputation of being like the gunslinger. He wants to throw it downfield. Let him. What do you got? You're 0-6 against him. You know, Matt Campbell is. Mm-hmm. And I understand that the stat, I think Brett Bloom uh, from the Iowa State uh, media core, or used to be anyway, uh, he said, Iowa State has never forced a turnover from Iowa in those six years of Matt Campbell's tenure. And that's that's a bonkers stat. We talked that about is, it a little I think bit that, earlier. That is. Air, I, I think I got that correct, so... I, that sounds right, but just, I mean, even last year, uh, when the game in Ames, I think Iowa State turned the ball over three times, if yep. memory serves right. I'm going off the top of my head there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every one of those turnovers was just deflating. That I mean, the stadium goes pretty quiet right. after that. So if you, even one turnover is probably too many, but if you don't turn it over three, four times, it, I mean, it's a different ball game because last year's game wasn't like a complete blowout. The score wasn't as close as the final score made it seem, but it wasn't out of reach sans three turnovers. Mm-hmm. So. so Iowa, what do they, I mean, what do they do this week? I just, I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, uh, did, did they just hold back the offense or did they not uh, show anything? I mean, because I mean, literally the storyline has always been, mm-hmm. it does, this game doesn't matter in the long run. doesn't matter to the big 10, doesn't matter in the big sure. 12. So. It's, it's going to be I, – I took a look at their depth chart uh, during the game, and uh, there was a lot of fam- familiar faces and not really a lot of familiar faces. There were some injuries going on, some guys who just um, were out a couple of games. So I, I think it's in the same boat of Iowa State. They got some guys who are on the field for their first time, maybe have been there a few years, but are taking the, kind of their first – few uh, actual snaps on the field. I saw Cooper DeGene was on the uh, the depth chart there for a little bit, so a yeah. guy who's coming to his second year but really haven't seen a lot of time. Um, so it'll just kind of depend. I mean, that offense has to get a little bit better. Spencer Petras, I think, is an okay quarterback, but he's got to kind of prove his worth right now because Alex Padilla's on that depth chart. Who knows? There might be yeah. a little bit of change in that position. There could possibly be. So you could see both quarterbacks. That. But I really, really dislike the hate that was going on on Twitter. This kid, this kid's a college football player out there trying his best. Yeah, he's up on Spencer yeah. Petrus, I think. Yeah, I think so too. It's best if I just don't comment on this part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I reveled. I reveled in it. But, I mean, I understand uh-huh. they're, they're young. They're young men, and yeah. I, I said this on KKRL earlier this morning. It's hard to judge. Uh, an 18 to 22 year old out oh, there sure. playing uh, because I get winded climbing the steps. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let alone do yeah. uh, doing all of the things that mm-hmm. they're doing day in, day out. So he certainly did enough to earn the job. The oh, 100%. Job. So, right. Yeah. But I, I, there's a couple other things I need to mention here before. First of all, uh, the documentary Kinnick is going to be here in Carroll, I believe, Thursday. Oh, wow. And I'm going to be interviewing uh, Scott Sipker coming up. As soon as we get off the air here, I've got a, a phone interview lined up with him. Uh, but, man, he's all over the place, Scott Sipker, with a, the mastermind behind that. It's going to be interesting to see that. So and I know a lot of Hawk fans are going to be lined up. It's been huge. Huge wherever it's been showing, selling out all of its uh, showings around theaters. So that's one thing. Predictions. Early in the predictions. I, I, and Nathan just closed his eyes and went, no, don't do this to me. But, I, what, I mean, Tyler, what do you think, man? Going to the game this week. I mean, that performance of Iowa, Iowa State's performance – what does it mean? It's it's so hard to predict. I mean, again, game ones, first and second weeks are always kind of the FCS opponents for these teams. It, playing in Connecticut, like you said, it's going to be difficult. 
I, I, I don't know if Iowa's going to have it. If they can get their offense going, if they can actually come out of this lull of whatever happened last week, their defense, I'm not worried about their defense. They're going to they're gonna make plays just like they did in week mm-hmm. one. But that offense has got to get sparked by something. So if Iowa State plays their cards right, they could come away with a win for the first time in six years. I don't know. Are, Iowa you, State. are you saying Iowa State's going to win? I'm, I, I'm going 50-50. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, I, as a Hawk fan, I don't want to give – any benefit of the doubt, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not real confident going into week two. Don't be a weenie. Iowa State. I'm not five and no, a half no, point no, no, favorites. No. You got. You got to factor in I the gotta one keep face here. The one field goal plus. You know. You got. You can't forget Iowa's leading scorer, the defense. So you got to factor in a safety. So <laughs> Iowa State five and a half favorites. <laughs> You're saying they're five and a half favorites. Yeah, Vegas is wins. saying Iowa, what, three, three and a half, I think, yeah, something sure. like that. So, yeah. All right, so you're, you're saying Iowa State. You're saying you don't know. All right, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks so much uh, for stopping in here. Nathan Cohn's our, our resident Iowa State guy talking about that. Let's talk about some high school football, Tyler. Of course, yes. Saturday, uh, this last Friday night, it wasn't real kind to the local teams. Three and six, I believe it was. Uh, let's start on the winning side of things. Man, Coon Rapids, Bear, just Ooh. crushing. Oh. Oh, Woodward Academy, and that's a Woodward Academy is in that tough situation right. too. But CRB rolled up seventy-seven on Woodward Academy. A very, very big win for the Crusaders. Um, I know some fans will know what happened in Week One, but man, did they come out swinging in Week Two? Lance Clayberg's looking like. Just a whole different kind of player on both sides of the ball. Ten tackles against Woodward Academy, and he also had, I think, 137 yards of rushing. On like six carries. On like six carries. <laughs> he is just a phenomenal player, and I've been, I've had the privilege of talking to him and all those Coon guys over uh, throughout the years for baseball and their runs there. They might want to watch out in their RVC. Man, they're going to be something else. Yeah, so they they actually well they won the game on uh, the opening game of the season, but then wound up having to forfeit that game right uh, because of an ineligible player. So they're now one and one on yes. the season. And coming up next week, I believe CRB has I got the Booyer schedule Valley. right here. Booyer Valley. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've got coming in because Booyer Valley uh, laid a licking on uh, Glidden Ralston over the weekend. They did, too, and we'll get to that one. But Kemper, what a great win traveling wow. down to Atlantic, picking up a thirty-seven twenty-two win. Big win for the Knights. Um, and that's going to be a legit team to watch out for. I got the opportunity to watch him against Loma in week one, and just a great team. I mean, you talk about um, DJ Vanami, who has the opportunity not only to run, but he throws the ball very well. Um, Logan Siebenauer, a really great running back for them. I mean, those guys are just a group of guys who are going to put their nose down and work very hard. I mean, we saw it with their baseball team, and they made it to the state tournament, played very well there. Uh, yeah, just a really nice win for the Kepernets coming in 2-0, and, and now they'll get Green County coming up on uh, this Friday, which I'll have that game. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. That's going to be, that's a district game, so yep. they, they're going to be coming into that one two and zero. A lot of conference taking a big step forward. So this, I mean, right now Kemper set themselves up for a pretty nice season. They really are, and you know, I, I haven't had the chance to see how good Green County is, but you know, if Kemper's playing the way they've been playing the last few weeks, it, it's going to be a pretty good game, especially the fact that's going to be here in Carroll. By the way, I, I'm going to correct myself. I said uh, Booyer Valley uh, defeated Glidden Ralston. No, that was GTRA that, that oh, there we uh, go. defeated Glidden Ralston. Booyer Valley was getting a licking by Audubon 50-13 to 13 on correct. Friday night. So Audubon on the winning side of things. After no 1-2 start, now they're 1-2. And, and that's really nice to see. You know, Audubon 
lost a lot of really good talent from their state run team last year. So it's nice to see them pick up that win, go one and two now in the season. Um, yeah, it's going to be, and Sean Burks, I know his style of play. He is going to get those guys in shape and get them ready for the season. Um, yeah, nice to see them get back in the win column. Hopefully that kind of keeps going. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the snowball keeps a little bit bigger and, and they kind of get back on the winning side. But yeah, a lot of new faces and a lot of new positions for that Audubon team. Confidence. That's yes. what a lot of those kids need. I mean, after sitting behind some some just really superstar athletes oh, yeah. the last few years, Audubon's kind of you know making their way. They're yeah. trying to find their identity so far, and this is a nice win they had on Friday night. Probably two of the biggest surprises on Friday Night Football. We're going to begin with Carroll. Uh, yeah. Hosting Gilbert in their the home opener, mm-hmm. uh, Tigers ran right over Dennis and Schleswig. I just and right. I said they they ran only four offensive plays the whole game, mm-hmm. the whole game threw the ball only three times I think it was, uh, but against Gilbert they could not get that running game going. That it, was the game you had, right? It was it was the game I had. Complete opposite game. So Dennis and Schleswig they they run the ball. They were very successful doing so. Um, talked to Coach Roadrider before the game. He says we're going to look to establish that run game. That's what his play style is. Couldn't do that against Gilbert. They had a very stacked backfield. I mean, they were putting five guys in that backfield, just absolutely making no room for Carroll mm-hmm. to to run anything. So Carroll switches out to the passing game. Jack White, I you know, I know it's a loss, and I know it was a very close loss. When Jack White was throwing the ball, when he was accurate, he was deadly accurate. The two touchdowns he had um, were just so, – I mean, the only person who could catch that ball was his receiver. So when he was throwing the ball, he could put it in places no one else could. Um, it just wasn't consistent. So, yeah, a little bit of surprise. Gilbert did their homework. They did it well. Um, they had a guy who, who ran down um, – I think Hawthorne was his last name – Played a really good downhill running offense, so they had a lot of really nice offensive plays. Um, but yeah, it's just going to come down again. It's going to come down to confidence. Going to be able to adjust on the fly, whether it's a running game or the passing game. But again, Jack White had some very, very nice throws that night. You know, it's one of those situations where you didn't have to break out the passing game in the first game, and you didn't really need it. So you didn't really get it to going in competition against a, you know, a, a good quality opponent. Mm-hmm. Gilbert, I, they kind of maybe came in and thought, everybody said, okay, Gilbert's not a huge threat. But I'll tell you what, that defense they played that night was outstanding. They had a perfect game plan against the Tigers and yeah. a 27-14 win for Gilbert. The other one, South Central Calhoun. Boy, it's the last time we saw them take a 30-6 to loss against Pocahontas, who scored all their points in the second half. Yep. Yeah, you know, that was a, a little bit of a surprise to me, too. Um, you know, they commanded the first half, were up 6-0 going into halftime, and like you said, um, they just kind of, the Pocahontas area took over in the second half, especially for Gavin Bata, you know, throwing 300 yards last week against mm-hmm. East Sac. That was just a phenomenal, I mean, him and his sister both got the uh, players of the week for our stuff, but yeah, you know, I think right into Pocahontas area, who I think has been a, a perennial power, yeah, a little bit tough, and now, you know, coming into this week, they'll have Emmitsburg, so we'll see kind of what that offense can do, because yeah, now it's just kind of like, okay, are we are we good at offense, or, you know, where's yeah. where, where do we kind of lie? Yeah, 30 points in the second half. I don't recall last time I saw Brian Case team give up 30 points yeah. in a second half. So uh, that's just crazy. When I saw that score, I kind of did a double take <laughs> at that one. Otherwise, uh, elsewhere around the area, Ridgeview and East Sac County, low-scoring affair here, 12-3. to East Sac comes up on the uh, on the short end of that one. Yep. Yeah, East Sac's kind of a newer team. Um, they they lost uh, some guys who were definitely leaders. They're bringing in some senior guys now that are going to be really great leaders. But they're a little bit taller, a little bit lankier, so they're going to be a lot more shiftier on the ball. So, I, you know, give them some time. Hopefully they'll gain some confidence. 
confidence here uh, as the week or as the season goes by. Yeah, that's that's a, a program just trying to build right now. Yeah. IKM Manning, tough loss to Woodward of Sloan. Oh. I never knew Woodward was pretty good, but twenty six to eighteen was the final. And uh, what went on with that one? Yeah, you know, IKM Manning had come into that game. Uh, I believe they had lost their first week game, so they were looking. They were a little bit hungry, uh, and it's a game where it's surprising. Westwood Sloan gave up four fumbles. And I.K. Manning recovered all of them, had, and I.K. Manning had some times to, to shine, but I think it was just that running game for Westwood that really kind of took over and, and commanded that. And surprisingly, uh, both teams couldn't score two-point conversions or field goals. The only two-point conversion we had was in the fourth quarter, and that was Westwood Sloan who scored it. Um, so I.K. Manning, they got Cooper Earlmeyer going. They had Ross Kuzo going. Um, they had some nice plays going down, but um, that Westwood defense was just able to get enough stops and make enough plays on offense to to kind of grab that really close win in the end. Four turnovers, Four turnovers. and you still wind up with a win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How often does that happen? Uh, I'll tell you this much, never. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, I wouldn't expect that. Either. I don't think any coach out there say, you're going to go in this game, you're going to turn it over four times. Okay, we're done. No, and but you actually come out with a win. Yep. A couple of lopsided games here also on Friday night have featuring some of our uh, eight-man teams. KP, Kingsley Pearson rolling it up over Arweva 67-19. So the, the lessons still continue for yep. the Arweva team. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, I got a chance to talk with uh, Isaac Schaefer and Austin Stoke. Um, I talked to them every single Wednesday for a preview show. Uh, not too easy for this Arweva team. Very young, very inexperienced coming into the season. Um, a lot of guys who are are freshmen. They're starting a lot of freshmen. I think six of them on this team this year. So it's going to be a, a season of learning definitely for this freshman team and sophomores that they have. Um, I think they have one senior on this team. So, you know, definitely it's going to be a lot of learning lessons. But there's a lot of bright spots um, in this team. Some really nice defense that they got. Devin Ehlers, I've seen seven and a half tackles. Harley Morlina had seven and a half against Kingsley Pearson. So the defense has got some bright spots. Offense, too, they're rushing really well. But Again, an experience going up against the KP team brings back a lot of juniors from last season. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah, KP in the past has been pretty pretty solid. And GTRA, Gretton Terrell, Ruth Vanayshire, Downs Glidden Ralston, uh, pretty good score here. Fifty to eight was the final there. Yeah, same thing for Glidden Ralston. Just another team that is uh, kind of starting to rebuild a little bit with some of the guys that they've gained and lost and everything. Um, yeah, kind of both are Weva and Glidden Ralston kind of in the same boat here. You know, just trying to get through the season, trying to get some of those guys to gain experience and gain confidence on the field. And uh, yeah, I think that's just kind of the same story there. Yeah, Friday night uh, coming up this week. Of course, a uh, tough road trip for the Carroll Tigers. They're going to be on the road at Council Bluffs, Thomas Jefferson. Nick Brinks with the call there. So the Tigers coming off that loss at home to Gilbert. Yep. Doesn't get any easier. No, it doesn't. Um, I was looking at Council Bluffs, Thomas Jefferson just before that game last week. Um, 0-2 on the season from what I've seen. But, yeah, long road trip over to Council Bluffs. It's just never easy when you have to no. go there. <laughs> no, it's not easy for us either when we got to go to yeah. Lewis Central and all these places. Especially for Nick Brinks living over in Ames. Um but, yeah, you know, the Carroll Tigers, I think they're going to look to reestablish that running game if they can. Um, and, again, they just have to come in with, with some confidence. Mm-hmm. Hopefully hit some plays on and open up that uh, that run game a little yes. bit, too. But, by the way, Nick loves to drive. So forget <laughs> about does. Nick. Uh, Green County and Kemper, that's going to be an interesting one here in town. That's that's a huge game for Kemper coming into that one. It is. A chance to go 3-0 and on the season. A chance to prove that you're one of the top dogs in that district. I'm gonna I'm excited for that game. I get to call that game here this uh, this week. It's going to be one to watch. Um, I think I was looking at Twitter, and Varsity Devon says that's one of the top games in their class for the week. So And, and for good reason. I mean, the Kemper 
Knights coming into the season are now kind of on pace to be pretty good. Yeah, three and zero. Imagine. I mean, it's, there's some of the frustrations the last few sure. years of Kemper football. Being three and zero, man, that's a huge, huge start to the season. Plus, other games we got going on. The other broadcast game: Glidden Ralston at Arweba. Jeff Blankman will have the call on that one for you. But other games around the area. Here's some. There's some good ones. South Central Calhoun at Emmitsburg. The uh, the midgets. Uh, that's, that's actually Emmitsburg Lincoln. Listening. Uh, Esterville Lincoln. Esterville. There we go. Yep. Emmitsburg, the Ehawks, uh, taking on South Central Calhoun up in Emmitsburg. That's going to be a tough one, too. It will be. Uh, You know, South Central Calhoun's got something to prove here. You know, their their offense coming off a game that they did. It's going to be a, hey, you know, how are we going to identify ourselves? Are we a passing team that can pass for, you know, 150, 200, 250 yards game? Or, you know, how are you going to define yourself in this game? And coming off a loss to Pocahontas area, there's going to be a lot to prove here against Emmitsburg. Yeah, I love to see how South Central rebounds from that loss. Other games on the docket. OABCIG is at East Sac County. IKM Manning at Woodbury Central. Audubon's at Fremont Tabor Mills. And Bowyer Valley is on the road at Coon Rapids Baird. Those all start at about 7 o'clock. we got to talk some high school volleyball, some yes. uh, tournaments over the weekend. And, boy, a huge tournament coming up this next weekend, this next Saturday. We'll talk volleyball next on Rewind. As athletes at your house prepare for hard work and fun of the season, remember that St. Anthony Rehab Services provides physical therapy for any sports injury that may sideline your member of the team. Sports injuries can plague kids of all ages and keep them from playing the sport they love. Athletes will be under the direct supervision of a certified and licensed healthcare professional in the newly renovated sports performance facility. If an injury is keeping your athlete out of the game, call St. Anthony Rehabilitation Services at 794-5000 for sports injury and treatment rehab. The Cyclones are hungry this season. Jack Trice Stadium this season will be lit. Makes the catch. Another great cut inside the 20. Inside the 10. The Cyclones travel to Iowa City. The Cyhawk Trophy is on the line. Our coverage begins at 1. Here, every game, rivalry, playoff, and bowl appearance. Right here on the Cyclone Radio Network. Oh, my goodness. From Learfield. Yep, cue the house band, and let's talk about KCIM Sports Rewind, brought to you by St. Anthony Sports Performance Program. Eight weeks, they're going to test you, they're going to train you, they're going to make you stronger, be your best in-season, pre-season, or even off-season, any time of year. Just give them, a great, give them a call at uh, St. Anthony Sports Performance Program, 794-5241. If you want the best performance, talk to the folks at St. Anthony's there. Let's talk a little volleyball, of course. There is a huge uh, volleyball tournament coming up this Saturday. I looked ahead in the schedule. Of course, you got Carroll, Isak, Kemper, South Central Calhoun, all at the Rockwell City Tournament. That's going to be a huge one coming up this weekend. But you saw the Carroll Tigers recently, and uh, let's start there. Yeah, I think the Carroll Tigers are going to be um, a pretty decent team this year. They bring back enough talent that they're going to be a fairly good team in the uh, Raccoon River Conference. Um, I think there's just some things about um, how are they going to rebound from some bad plays. I was talking with Madison Tuning and uh, Shea Sennard the last time at that game, and they're just like, you know, we, we got down on ourselves and tried to bring each other up, and, and I think they do a great job of kind of, you know, shaking it off. They do what they call, I think, a, a goofy dance or something like that before <laughs> before they start a set, so they're definitely a, a fun team to be around, but yeah, how are they going to respond to kind of some of those bad plays happening? How are they going to rebound on the next volley? That's the one thing that I'm, I'm going to look to kind of see um, from the Carroll Tigers, but, you know, they're going to bring enough 
talent and enough athleticism to really kind of be a decent team. By the way, I do a goofy dance every morning when my alarm goes off at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's perfectly understandable going on there. But that's going to be a huge tournament for them this weekend with that quality of opponents, each and every one of them. Ed, there's no gimmies anywhere no, in that. There really isn't. Uh, East Sacks coming off a season where they won their conference over Newell Fonda. That's huge. Um, they bring back a lot of talent, including Kate Vondrek, who's one of our players last year on our Rewind selections. Uh, Kemper, perennial power here in this area. Um, they come into the season with a new coach, Rex Wintermote, but that really hasn't mattered because they still win. They're still the Kemper Knights, and they're still going to do a great job. And South Central Calhoun, again, there's been, another there's been some adjustments, some adjustments there, yeah, yeah. to a different kind of schedule and different rotation than they sure. might be used to. Yeah, a little bit of difference here and there, um, but they're still winning here this season. And then South Central Calhoun, again, another really solid team from that Twin Lakes Conference that uh, has, has been solid so far here this season. Yeah, let's talk about some of the other teams. How about the Rolling Valley and, and some of the other Western Iowa conference teams? Yeah, so, you know, we talk about the Oweeva Rockets. Um, obviously, my sister plays for them, so I, I know I know a little bit about them. Full disclosure? Um, full disclosure. <laughs> full disclosure. I want to put that out there. I know some people, I talk about it sometimes on the radio. I don't want to be, you know, one side or the other. But for the Oweeva Rockets, they're bringing in a pretty hefty junior class from last season. I think six or five of them are going to be starting this season. Um, but, you know, that Rolling Valley conference has always kind of been tough. You have the Xyras and Cams and now Glenn Ralston's of the world mm -hmm. who's coming up. Um, speaking of Glenn Ralston, they bring back a majority of their players from last season. Um, I look to them to be pretty decent once they get into the RVC play. Um, yeah, they, Jeff, were, they were... Blankman was one. He was very high on Glenn Ralston coming into the season yeah. with all the players they have coming back. Uh, they're building a pretty solid program. They really are. Chris Bunn, I think, coming into this season is going to be doing a really great job of working with her players and who she has. Last year was kind of seeing who could do what one position. If she was trying to rotate out people as much as possible. And now that I think she knows who she has, it's it's going to be a pretty good team. They were in the higher echelon of last year's RVC teams. And I, I look for them to be there again. Now, we've got some broadcast games coming up on Missouri Valley at IKM Manning. In fact, you've got that one coming up uh, on Thursday night on KKRL. That'll be about 7 o'clock. That'll yep. be an interesting one as IKM Manning looks to get back to where they once were, too. Yeah, you know, IKM Manning uh, last year and now coming into this year, um, they've just got some girls who are just kind of workhorses. You know, they, they came off a season last year. I think they only won one game, so a little bit tough for them. So, yeah, they're, they're trying to still find themselves, find some confidence. And I think against Missouri Valley, that'll be a good opponent to do it. Yeah, and again, uh, there's some other matches coming up later this week. South Central Calhoun and Elta, really. I'm not sure how Elta is, but that's been one of those schools that's really come on yeah. the last few years and has really been a great uh, quality opponent for South Central Calhoun and East Sac County. Uh, also, uh, girls swimming coming up a little bit later on this week. On Thursday, the girls uh, will be hosting Des Moines Lincoln. That swim meet should begin at the rec center at about 5.30. And we don't want to forget about cross country. They've got uh, events going on this weekend. A Kemper is at the Gilbert Invitational at Iowa State University at 4.30. And IKM Manning is at the Audubon Invite. That should start up at about 4.30 as well. And again, as we mentioned, that great volleyball tournament uh, going on. Uh, Carol Isak, Kemper, South Central Cal Calhoun, all at the Rockwell City Tournament. That gets underway at about 8.30 on Saturday morning. That is KCIM Sports Rewind, man. Thanks, to Tyler, for uh, yeah, absolutely. In. Pinch hitting for Jeff Blankman, <laughs> feeling under the weather these days, so uh, doing a great job there. Thanks, Tyler, for that. And you can catch a, a podcast of KCIM Sports Rewind coming up here in just a few more moments on 1380kcim.com, or you can download the mobile app. You can download that in your app store just simply by searching KCIM.